Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word comes to us today from the gospel that you heard from John 11. Hearing again at verse 43, when Jesus had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is God's word. One day in the town of Bethany, out beyond the walls of Jerusalem, a man named Lazarus became ill deathly ill. Although the physicians were helpless to effect a cure, his sisters were convinced that their friend Jesus would have no such limitations. Since they knew him because they had seen and heard of what he had already done, these women were confident that Jesus would be able to help and heal their brother if he would arrive before it was too late. Not daring to leave their dying brother's side for an instant, the concerned sisters sent a messenger to find the Lord, and the messenger was to deliver a simple plea. Lord, he whom you love is ill. As I'm sure you're aware, in a situation like this, there is a desperate urgency to make contact with the right people before it's too late. Jesus was found, the message delivered, but it was too late. By the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus had died. It's probable that Lazarus died on the same day word reached Jesus. fact was, Lazarus was gone. His story ended. His tale had been told. There was nothing more to be done. That's the common belief, isn't it? When death comes for us, mere mortals, no matter how much we or those around us wish it to be otherwise, the ending is complete. But Jesus is not a mere mortal. As the Son of God, he knows no human limits. That's why, even though Lazarus had been dead for days, he asks to be taken to his friend's tomb. When the Savior gave orders for the tomb to be opened, there were some serious objections voiced. Lord, by this time, there will be an odor. Lazarus was most assuredly dead. This was a cringeworthy request. Why would you do this? But in spite of those objections, the stone which shut the tomb was moved away, and then Jesus, having made a simple prayer of thanksgiving, 
called into the tomb with a simple, Lazarus, come out. And that day, the day called, the day that Jesus called into the darkness of Lazarus' tomb, an exception was made. Still confined by the customary grave wrappings, Lazarus, a living Lazarus, emerges from the tomb. The crowd stood in shock. They stood there until Jesus gave the command for his friend to be set free from the burial clothes. It was an absolutely unique moment in history. At the command of God's Son, a dead man had returned from his grave. Now, for the first time, someone would be able to lay to rest all the discussion about what lay on the other side. He'd be able to share what he had experienced. He'd be able to describe the happiness of heaven or the flames of hell. Seeing Lazarus standing there, I would have been filled with a million questions, eager to hear his description of the great beyond. And do you know what Lazarus said? Do you know what questions he answered? What wonders he revealed? No, you don't. And neither do I. Because scripture doesn't say. The Bible quotes not a word from Lazarus' lips. Nothing about a white light, Nothing about streaks of gold. Not a syllable. Instead, Scripture shares the reactions and the repercussions which came about because of this miracle performed by Jesus. And in short, there were basically two reactions. The first group believed and was overjoyed that Jesus would do such a great thing. They're still really talking about it on Palm Sunday. The second group also believed Jesus had done a miracle, but they were upset at an event that would disturb their worldview like this. This was not the way they wanted things to be. But there's more. The first group believed and worshipped the Christ, while the second group did all they could to erase that event from their lives and the lives of those who believed differently than they did. And would it surprise you if I were to say that those two responses are alive and well? Everyone fits into one of those two groups. Today there are religions of the world that use threats and violence to stop the spread of the gospel of Jesus. There are governments who have attempted to legislate the voice of Jesus into silence. 
There are learned, credentialed men and women who actively deny humanity's need to have a savior in spite of wars and hatred and prejudice, in spite of ongoing inequities and injustice. They would have you believe that you and this world are fine. And if not fine, then at least better off without Jesus. But we're not fine, are we? If human beings could have changed the state of the world, would we not have done it by now? Left to our own devices, there's no reversing the evil that permeates this world, the evil that permeates human hearts. We need a savior. We need a rescuer. And in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, Son of God, Son of Man, we have been given one. Today in John's Gospel, you heard God's Son calling one man out of his grave and back to life. Someday, that same Savior will summon billions of others out of their graves into eternal life and resurrected bodies. How can you know that you will be among them? Well, let me tell you. Jesus entered this world to do what we are incapable of doing. Each day of our lives, we sin. But all of Jesus' days were spent without breaking a single one of God's commands. When I look back on my life, and maybe you would agree with me in regard to your own. You see numerous times where you did things that were hateful, immoral, cruel, and careless. Not once did Jesus fail or fall as we have. From start to finish, beginning to end, Jesus did that which was right in order to give you and me his rightness when we stand before our divine judge. And because Jesus has succeeded, all those who believe on him, all who trust in what he has done, are forgiven and saved. And how do I know he succeeded? I know because after he was crucified, after his life was poured out on a Roman cross for the redemption of a dying world, Jesus showed himself alive. Now, in his word, a living Lord comes to you, to me, to the world, and he says, I am the resurrection 
am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question Jesus put to the family members of Lazarus before he raised that man from the dead. And it's the all-important question he puts to you. Do you believe this? Do you believe that you will know Jesus beyond the walls of your grave? If so, you are more than a conqueror. You are in Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, because of all that Christ has done on our behalf, we can join the hymn writer in praying, I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight, and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where, grave, thy victories? I triumph still, if thou abide with me.